So, what should we do tonight? Anything's better than last night. All right. All right, then we should do something. Something sounds good. I have an idea. Why don't we rent a video tonight? Yeah, can we please? On a weeknight? Yeah, come on, Mom. It's okay. Sure. Come on. Let's throw caution to the wind. where I have a plethora of film knowledge, a microphone, and a little bit of explaining to do. Let me introduce myself if you do not know who I am. My name is Trev Allen. I am the host of the Movie Seller Rewind as well as host of the Struggling Artist Podcast. The Rewind is where I dig into the Movie Seller Podcast's episodes and uh, go a little deeper with the commentary. Um, make corrections and, you know, hack on them, uh, if need be. Um, I do have some explaining to do cause I missed a few of the episodes, but hear me out. Um, war games, vertigo and the X files. They, the guys pretty much nailed everything you could possibly say about it. And I didn't want to just be reiterating everything they said. So kudos to them for getting it right. And for, uh, you know, going deeper than, um, you know, going as deep as probably you probably can. Uh, I will make a few corrections on those episodes. One in Vertigo, Dan really loves shitting on himself and the podcast. And it's, uh, you know, they they got it right. Like, the, everything they said was great. So, you know, he needs to, uh, he needs a little bit of his confidence to be boost. So, all the listeners out there, just, just at Dan on Twitter and tell him he's doing a good job. Cause he needs to hear it. Um, he's going to hate me for saying that, but anyway, uh, war games, they nailed it. They nailed it. You know, there was nothing else to add to that. Um, I'm, you know, I haven't seen that movie in 20 something years, but I really didn't think there was a need for me to go back and watch it and add more to what they were saying. The X files, um, X files, they got it. They got it pretty much down pat there too. Um, I do want to add, I think X files, the show, cause they were talking about the show quite a bit. I want to say the show is one of the first to run episodic and linear episodes within the same seasons. Um, and, uh, I always had a, I always had a, um, you know, a pleasure watching the episodic ones more than the linear, um, like the monster of the week stuff that they had talked about. But, um, X-Files paved the way for a lot of shows that, do that, um, that do that style of, of seasons. It makes it more entertaining throwing a monster of the weekend every here and there. Um, you know, Buffy, uh, angel supernatural, they all follow that formula and it came from there. So shout out to the X-Files for that. But, um, we're not here to talk about the X-Files. We're not here to talk about war games or vertigo. We are here to talk about Young Guns. And when I come back, we're going to get into it. Hi, I'm Rich. I'm Natalie. And this is Not Suitable for Adults. Listen to us speak calmly and wisely to you about the best and the worst of kids' TV shows today. Some of it's good. Some of it. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, we're talking Young Guns. Um, I have a lot to say about the film 
and its place in pop culture. Um, it came out in 1988. I think I was, uh, I think it was like seven. I don't think I watched it until probably 1990 or 1991. Um, but, uh, I love it. I loved it then. I, you know, to me, it still holds up. It's, it's very good. Um, when I was a kid, we would, we would play, you know, we'd use our imaginations and the group of us would play, pretend that we were the young guns. Um, and it didn't matter who was who, uh, because we just loved every character. And, um, I think one of the things that the guys kind of missed and, and again, the, they were they they didn't see this movie at that time, um, but one of the big things that that, that I, I think they kind of missed was, um, well they kind of brought it up. This this movie was very pop culture esque. Uh, this movie I want to say was one of if not the best western that was made in the eighties, and it was a blockbuster hit. So it kind of brought the genre back. Um, I could be wrong. I don't know. Listen, guys, I don't research. I have just copious amounts of knowledge in my brain. I'll fact check stuff. Um, and I, what I fact checked was, I think, uh, what I fact checked was on a list of best Westerns of all time. Young guns was 30, was in, you know, 39th and I forgot out of it's over 500 movies that they rated. So, um, that's a pretty good rating and I know it was a blockbuster hit cause I made sure I researched that. Uh, that's why the music was very modern, um, for the score. It was, I mean, the sequel was Bon, has Bon Jovi, uh, music. So, um, and it, and it got a sequel. So obviously it, it made an impact, you know, uh, like I said, I think it brought the genre, uh, back from, uh, or at least, uh, exposed it to younger people. And that, I think that was kind of the point too. I mean, all these guys, th- this story, th- these guys were incredibly young, um, in real life. And the movie is, is it, 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 it shows that. Um, and I think that's the, they wanted a younger audience. And I think that's why they picked this story to tell. But, um, yeah. So like Dan called it like the brat pack of, Westerns and he, he nailed it. I mean, that's exactly what this was. Um, you take all these young, young stars and, and by the way, Dan, um, the guy who played Charlie and the guy who played dirty Steve, they weren't just fodder. (laughs) Um, I, and I, I'm going to get their names wrong cause that's what I do. But, uh, dirty Steve was played by, Dermot Mulroney, Mulroney, and he, he went on, he was fairly new, but he was still a kid when this, you know, he, he was in his 20, early twenties when this movie came out. So this probably was his breakthrough film, but he went on to make hits. All these guys did because they were all super young when this movie came out. So you, to say that he was just kind of like fodder was, I don't know. And, uh, um, the guy who played Charlie is, uh, Casey Shemashko. I don't know. I probably just butchered his name too, but he was in movie. He was in some hits before this. He was, I mean, there was, you know, smaller roles, but he was in stand by me and he was in, um, back to the future. So, 
you know, right there, there's two, there's two, um, you know, two pretty good films prior to the lead up to this one. Um, you know, just because they're characters like, look, the thing about, the thing about having a cast, was it six of them, six characters like this is they all needed their own, uh, personality and they, I think they did a good job, you know, whether or not the other two were, whether or not Charlie and Dirty Steve were, you know, stars or whatever, but, um, or, or main focus, but they, I mean, as character actors, they did a great fucking job. So I just kind of wanted to contest that a little bit, but, but everything else, you know, what you were saying about it being like the Brat Pack of Westerns and yeah, that's absolutely correct. Uh, that's exactly what this was. And again, this was to engage a new generation of people into liking the genre. Um, and I don't want to, I couldn't, I didn't fact check this, but I'm pretty sure it was the highest grossing Western, um, in the eighties. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was. Um, and I know like this, the sequel was a huge success and it, and it goes into their story a little bit different and, you know, in it, um, obviously there's always going to be a lot of fiction in film when it, even when it's based on a true story and that's fine. But, uh, the effect that this movie had, not only did it bring people into liking the genre from, you know, that are, that were younger, but like I said, like me and my friends, you know how many people were just going around and just pretending to be them. And, um, you know, Billy, the kid was a hot commodity after this for a very long time. Um, yeah, but, uh, I digress. Let me get back to the film. Uh, George, George, I don't call you out often. Um, because you're basically a, you are, you're a fan of, pretty much everything uh but come on man like you really disliked this movie that much um it maybe i don't know i don't get why but you said something about it being like three different movies in one right so let me explain that um these guys these i think billy the kid was supposed to be like 16 or 17 in this film um everyone was under the age of 21 if not 21 so it was a, I think with the direction they wanted to go with it was, it was these guys coming of age for them at the time, them becoming who they were. And that's why you have, you know, Charlie randomly getting married and, uh, you know, doc with, um, I forgot the, uh, the Asian girl's name. Um, but yeah, that's why you had all these different stories kind of intersecting with each other. Because it was about these boys having to become men uh, very early, uh, which also plays into Billy the Kid and hit why he was so like you know like just kind of crazy and off the wall because he he was a fucking child. He was a child. He was a child, and he was you know, and he had to grow up fast. And he killed a lot of you know. Well, he killed. <laughs> what he's in that one scene is what does that make twenty five? And he says uh, five. So you know he killed people like that was just you know. Uh, so that that's kind of why the film was kind was, was like that. Think of a regular film. That's the coming of age drama or whatever. Um, and the steps you have to take, you know, for these characters, like I said, you have, you have, you have six, uh, protagonists. Um, so that, I mean, they need to growth. They need some kind of growth and, and that's the way they went with it. So I, I think it was perfectly fine, but, um, you know, you do you George, you do you, uh, but yeah, so I just wanted to clear that up just a little bit. 
Um, they do have a lot of accuracy, as Dan said. Dan, Dan was Dan is the researcher, so everything he had researched is accurate uh, as far as you know the accuracy of what was true and what wasn't. Um, you know, it's just like as it's pop culture to an extent, like it's early pop culture. Uh, you know, you had star Wars, you had back to the future. So you had, you had like your space stuff. Then you had your time traveling. Um, you know, your, your, your ghost was ghostbusters. Then, then you had your Western, which was this. And, uh, think of it as like a John Hughes, John Hughes film, but in a Western time, that's basically what this was. And, uh, I don't know. It's a fan favorite. Uh, it's a, it's, it's definitely a favorite of mine. Not my favorite Western by any means, but it's definitely worth the watch. And it's definitely, it's fun. It's a fun watch. It's, it's easy to watch, like Dan was saying. Um, but yeah, so guys, I just wanted to, uh, again, take the time and, and say thank you for everything. Thank you for letting me do the rewind. Um, I appreciate you all. Uh, and hopefully, uh, Hopefully they don't get it right on the next film so I can, so I can swoop in and save the day. But, uh, guys, listen to the movie seller, you know, uh, follow them on Twitter at the movie seller. Um, you can follow me at Trev Allen 81 on Twitter and, uh, check out my podcast, the struggling artist podcast. And, uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.